Getting hit in the head in martial arts. All right, let's get into it. Back in 2010, 2011, I came to class and I took all my students' helmets away. Give me your helmets, taking them back, no more. Why did I do this? First and foremost, I had a, some matches in my school between students and like a competition. And I was noticing one of my other students had put this on video. And I was watching it afterwards and it really struck me because I had uh, one student, he came in striking another student and he got counterstruck right in the face. Now, we were using these uh, pretty well-designed helmets. They had foam protection and then they had a plexiglass face with the eye cutouts so you could breathe and you could see but you didn't get hit in the nose and the mouth and etc. So uh, he comes in striking, boom, and he gets rocked. He keeps coming, boom. And the other guy is sitting here, bang, 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 just dribbling off his faceplate. And meanwhile, he looks like a, a Pez dispenser. He's coming in and he's like, doing, doing. So I was watching this and I was like, this is insane. This is not real. This is not what happens. If you're getting hit in the face that many times, you're not gonna keep going in on somebody. You're gonna to try to grapple and hug them, or you're just gonna get out and make space and run away, make range. So that was the first uh, really clue that something was wrong. The second, I started to notice that this is, what, this is where the football research started to come into play. So later, I'll get into that in a minute, but. Later, it was more about the concussions. Early on, they were showing that uh, in high school football and with small, smaller uh, peewee leagues and stuff, they were more gear that they would give them, more protective gear, equaled more injuries. They were tracking these stats over the years, showing that back when people played football with just the leather helmet, they had less injuries then when they've got these shoulder pads, they've got cups, they've got leg pads, they've got arm pads, elbow pads, they've got these massive helmets. It was causing more injuries than it was helping. So those things were working in the back of my mind and then I see this video from my, uh, my in-house competition that I had and I was, this is, this is ridiculous, this has gotta change. Now the other aspect was the more gear, so how that more gear thing works into this, the more gear, the harder people were hitting. So here we are, we're putting on uh, all these pads. We got gloves, we got shin pads, we got foot pads, we got elbow pads, knee pads, helmets with plexiglass, full armor. And then what happens? People are wailing the crap out of each other. So. You take the helmet away, you take the pads away, just leave some light gloves, and everybody's speed went way down. And here's the important part about that, the speed. When you take the speed down in the training process, people can learn. If they're always going fast, they feel the adrenaline kicks in, they feel anxious, and now they're in stress mode. And when we're in stress mode, we reinforce what we already are doing. We don't 
learn new skills. We don't add. We don't become a better boxer, a better grappler. We just stay the same. Or our changes are so incremental, uh, small, minute, that uh, they take forever to become a better, better fighter. This was all interesting stuff. I'm a strong advocate for no helmets and keeping the speed down. And then you can ramp things up, but you, when you ramp it up, you, it's more playful. Now, let's move on to the concussion thing. A couple of years go by, after I've taken the helmets away, see all this stuff changing, NFL starts coming out with concussion research, showing how bad concussions are and CTE, disease from getting hit in the head. Now this stuff is even more important that we, we're not getting whaled in the head. Then, fast forward a little bit, a few years later, I start finally seeing some top UFC fighters come out and say they don't spar. Like they don't get hit in the head. One in particular was Johnny Hendricks. I remember him saying, I don't spar in the gym. I only have so many hits to the head that I can take, and I'm gonna save them for when I'm in the cage. And I thought that was great. That was an awesome uh, thing to see. He was advocating for uh, not getting the crap beat out of you in your martial arts class. So I've seen both sides of this fence. I've seen and been a part of the full-on whaling, beat the snot out of each other with no care, throw caution to the wind. I've, I've seen that, I've done that, and I've also seen it the other way. So back in the 70s, you had full contact karate, and then the people were getting hurt, so, oh, Let's uh, add pads. Let's uh, put in six-inch rules. Let's do point sparring. No hitting to the head. Well, what's interesting about karate is the kumite actually had rules that nobody was hitting to the head. Why did they have those rules? Head injuries, okay? But you didn't have dental work. You lose your teeth. Mm, not, a, not such a good thing. You break the socket, the orbital socket around your eye. You can't have reconstructive surgery. You're going back hundreds of years. This stuff doesn't exist. You didn't have antibiotics. So you get cut, you get an infection, boop. So they had body shots. They focused heavily on body shots. Here's the problem. People don't have to have a guard. They don't have to work it. So their hands are dropping all the time. You don't have to have your hands up. So you work a couple blocks. Um, but you're focusing so much down here in the torso. Then you end up, so let's fast forward back to the 70s and 80s and 90s, and you got point sparring. So point sparring comes on the scene, and it seems like a good thing. Keep people, keep the injuries down, but still give them a sparring format, a sparring venue. The downside of point sparring is whenever you get in contact with somebody, and there's a hit, that's it. They stop the fight. Freeze. Stop. And they put people back, they reset, and then you start again. So what happens is you get two, two fighters like, that get really good over time with bridging skills, but they have no sustainability in a fight. So they throw one punch, and if that punch misses, or the person blocks it, that's it. They're a one-and-done fighter. Same with kick, doesn't matter, kick, punch, whatever it is. They come in, they're a one and done fighter. That's not good either, we can't have that. I know we wanna protect the head, and we should be protecting the head, but we have to be careful about how we do it. Probably one of the 
worst ones I've seen is the six-inch rule. The six-inch rule is absolutely horrible. Now, here's a little side story. When I was early in my training, I was in a school that had multiple styles of martial arts. I was doing praying Manus Kung Fu. Another guy was doing Kempo, and he had been training Kempo since he was a kid. Well, he was 21 now, so he was going to bars. And he was a cocky, he was very cocky. One weekend, he, he went out to the bars, I think it was his birthday or something. And uh, he comes back to class on Monday and his face is wrecked. It's full of black and blues, cuts. I was like, what, the, what happened to you? He's like, oh, I got in a fight, I got in a bar fight. So he's explaining to me what happened. First of all, he was, he was being an idiot and he was mouthing off to this guy. And then the guy started, shoved him or something. He said, I'm a black belt in, in Kempo. Leave me alone. It's the worst thing you can say <laughs> leading up to a fight. That's like a guaranteed recipe for failure right there. I'm a black belt. No, just guy takes a swing at him. He blocks it. He counter strikes. Guess what? Punch stops six inches in front of the guy's face because that's the way he was barred. Did not follow through. Boom. Mix the alcohol with the light dawns on marble head. Realization that he just struck back, but the strike didn't hit and didn't land. It didn't do anything. And then the beating ensued. Let's just put it that way. So then he got wrecked. So six-inch rules, while the intention's good, it's a bad, 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 bad idea because you are training to always pull punches and not make contact. Here's what I advocate. Keep the training playful, keep it lighter and slower, but use some light gloves, like we use four ounce MMA gloves. Make contact, just keep the contact light so that people aren't getting injured and they wanna keep training. Because again, we wanna, stress is good when we test, but not good as a learning environment. Those are my thoughts on getting hit in the head in martial arts. It's a bad idea, and some people never recover from one concussion. Other people are lucky and they can sustain multiple, but the research that has been coming out th even this year is showing that over time, those concussions, uh, one concussion can have lifelong effects. So keep your head safe when you're training, but please try to keep it real as you can without getting hurt. All right, have a good one.